Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to our online service this morning. Uh, it's lovely to have you with me uh, and uh, great to welcome to our service this morning. Let's start with a couple of notices. Wouldn't be church without it, would it? Uh, the All Aid service is live on our church Facebook page today at 10.30. It will be available after that uh, to listen to or to watch at any time, but uh, it will go live at 10.30 this morning. And a big thank you again to Rachel and Jeanette for putting the uh, All Aid service together. Uh, the Mission Action Group had a prayer meeting yesterday via Zoom and Rachel Carrick and her father joined them from Nepal via the wonders of modern technology. And uh, Libby says that they send their greetings to everyone. So greetings to everybody from Rachel Carrick and her father all the way from Nepal. Uh, last notice, there will be a one prayer meeting via Zoom this evening at 7pm. I think John has just sent out the link, uh, the invite on email uh, to that. Um, if for any reason you don't receive that, that invite, please let me know and I will forward it to you. But everybody is welcome to join us to pray this evening at 7 o'clock. In this season of Pentecost, our theme today is the purifying spirit. And a little later, Ursula will be preaching on a passage from John's Gospel, John chapter 16. And in that reading, Jesus says these very moving words. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is longing for us to have a deeper walk in the spirit each day. So at the start of our service today, let's still ourselves before God. And I'm going to say a prayer that is used by the 24-7 prayer movements uh, each time they enter God's presence. It's a, a lovely prayer, a lovely way of entering God's presence. So let me encourage you just to, uh, to get comfortable and let's pray. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still and to breathe deeply. To center my scattered senses on the presence of God. So having centered our mind, our hearts, our will on the presence of God. Let's begin our time together by singing the song, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. And allow God to speak to us as we still ourselves in his wonderful presence. So the song, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord.
Duncan, Duncan Headley. And then straight after that, Ursula will be preaching. So Bible reading and then the sermon. This morning's reading is taken from John chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 5. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. <clears throat> but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm presuming that the technology is working okay. Can someone? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So today we're um, beginning a series drawn from an organisation called Resource. Um, you may have heard of it because it's headed by Kevin Roberts who um, some of you will remember from his time at Trinity Churches. And their ministry team includes our very own Gary and Jill Griffiths, who, of course, um, were with us at Christchurch for many years. Uh, the resource's mission statement is alive in the spirit and active in mission. And accompanying this series, looking at aspects of the Holy Spirit, are outlines for home groups or individual study. So we'll start with today's topic, the purifying spirit. And we'll draw from our reading from John 16 and also from Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as we look at this topic from two perspectives, those of restoration and transformation. 
Jesus tells his disciples that although he was no longer going to be with them on earth, he would send, as the message version says, a friend to be with his followers. Some versions use the word advocate, someone who speaks for us, stands beside us, a comforter who intercedes for us and supports us, particularly in times of trouble. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who strengthens us, speaks into our hearts and guides us in the way of truth. So firstly, let's look at how the Holy Spirit brings restoration to our lives. John 3 verse 5 tells us that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Echoing the promises of Ezekiel 36 of a new birth by water and Spirit. The message version of our verses 8 to 11 from our passage put Jesus speaking like this. When he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin, that righteousness comes from above, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control, that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. These few verses put sin and godlessness firmly within our earthly realm and tell us that Jesus is now with the Father in heaven, a realm beyond the sin and godlessness of this world. And here's where the glorious gift of the Holy Spirit plays his part in connecting us, we who live on earth, where sin and godlessness rule, surrounding and tempting us, in connecting us directly to the heavenly realm and to Jesus and our Father God. We are in the privileged position of being connected with the kingdom of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, that connection is made when we turn from sin and godlessness and choose instead to change our allegiance away from the godless and towards the godly, to be born again, as John 3 puts it, to respond to the offer of grace, God's favour, and become a citizen of God's kingdom. And this is the restorative work of the Holy Spirit. As our consciences discern what is of the sinless, godless kingdom, we can choose to repent, to turn away from those sinful behaviours and attitudes and follow the new way, God's way, the way of righteousness, of living God's way, made possible because Jesus came to live on earth, conquered death and rose again before returning to his heavenly Father. Hebrews 6 verse 19 tells us that we have a hope that is firm and secure, an anchor that fixes us to the kingdom of God, a lifeline that draws us away from the old life to the new. And Peter, speaking in Acts 2, tells the crowd, change your life, turn to God and be baptised, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children and also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our Master God invites. Of course, the current crisis has brought out the best in our society, but it has also exposed the worst. How much more and would and could our society be if we as a nation sought to follow the ways of God's kingdom rather than fall into the traps of sin and godlessness? And that goes for each of us as well as individuals. We allow the Holy Spirit to bring out the best in us. And if you're listening today and would like to learn more about living God's way, then please get in touch. And this brings me to the second point I'd like to consider, that of transformation. The Holy Spirit helping us discover who we truly are, created in the image of God before sin and godlessness took their hold upon us. Someone likened the work of the Holy Spirit to that of a picture restorer. The lady who worked on the grime-covered Da Vinci masterpiece of The Last Supper. She stripped away the centuries of dirt and dust until the original picture was revealed. The colours and the vibrancy restored. The face of Jesus, as Leonardo painted it, and the purity of the painting were revealed. And so with us, as the Holy Spirit works within, we see more of Jesus as he truly is, sense more of the ways of the kingdom of God, are able to more clearly discern sin and ungodly ways, both within us and around us. And so we are transformed. We become more like Jesus and less patterned by the image of the fallen Adam. The distortion of sin diminishes within us so that we can reflect the glory of God to those around. Ephesians 5:18 tells us that we need to go on being filled with the Spirit. I tend to view that as taking care of the connection between me and the Holy Spirit being aware of anything in my life that might diminish the quality of that connection, such as sin or neglect. And as we journey on, experiencing the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, leading us away from sin, he brings healing to our lives. We grow and mature in the faith and develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. Galatians 5 lists the fruit that we should expect to see blossoming in the life of a believer. And I'm going to read verses 22 to 25 from the Amplified Version. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we wait. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness 
self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, with godly character and with moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's a high calling indeed, and one that without the help of the Holy Spirit is impossible even to come close to. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can blossom with fruitfulness and discern God's heart for our lives and share his heart for the people and world around us. In the resources that accompany this series, which I think are going to be emailed round tomorrow, it's suggested that we spend time looking at Rublev's icon, which is thought by some as an attempt to portray the Trinity. It's a picture of the triune God gazing into a cup set on a table. You may remember that we have an almost life-size copy in church it's currently in the prayer room, or at least it was before we went into lockdown. Last year, I was privileged to see the original, painted in the 15th century and now in a museum in Moscow. I escaped from our rather officious tour guide, who was really quite long-winded as well, and sought out the icon. And for a few precious moments, I was the only person in that gallery. Sitting, looking at it, it seemed as if I was being invited into that holy place to join them. I was reminded of Hebrews 10, verse 10, which says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And of how we're told in Matthew 27, 51, that the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies was torn in two as Jesus died on the cross. That fresher awareness as I sat there, the awareness within me of the Holy Spirit and the divine, I'm sure was a gift from the Holy Spirit in that sacred moment as I looked at the icon and pondered the scene before me. And this is the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit to each one of us. Because we are in a relationship that speaks to our hearts, each of us will have a unique experience of his work within our lives. And because it's a living relationship, it develops through time. Bear with me for a minute while I give a rather light-hearted example. If I say the phrase, ride that camel, how many of us instantly think of a past vicar of this parish? Whilst he was here, we used to hear that phrase being appropriated by others in the church as well. Camels would appear at odd moments. Not real ones, of course, but fluffy, furry ones. You only had to wave a camel around and the connection with Ralph was instant. But once he retired, we stopped hearing his voice in the shape of others using his phrases. And now, some years on, we rarely use the phrases that we heard from him 
And I haven't seen a camel in church for years. And so with the Holy Spirit, and indeed any of our close relationships, we take on the mannerisms, the speech patterns, the values of the other, almost unconsciously. If our relationship with the Holy Spirit is flourishing, we hear and see it. We experience him in each other and in our corporate lives. I've always thought of myself as an introvert and thought that life in lockdown would suit me. I imagined that it would give me the opportunity to retreat away from the world and into a God space. I remembered the accounts of the early saints, such as Cuthbert, who sought out isolation so they could spend time in prayer, study and reflection, of course. The reality is that, like a lot of folk, I have found lockdown very hard going at times. But the Holy Spirit is a constant companion, the fulfilment of Jesus' promise to us in John 16. And during those darker times, so often I've come across a word or a song that's helped to lift my spirit and perspective. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit journeys with us. And, and so as I draw to a close, the challenge to me and all of us this morning is, how is your relationship? Do you experience the leading and purifying work of the Holy Spirit in your life? day by day, the Holy Spirit accompanying us through this life until we meet Jesus face to face. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit journeys with us. Amen. Thank you, Ursula. <clears throat> Thank you for um, helping us to uh, think a little bit more about John, um, Jesus' words in John uh, chapter 16 and also those amazing words of Paul uh, as he writes the Galatians. And every time I read those words of the fruit of the Spirit, again, it just reminds me and uh, encourages me to uh, really depend on the Spirit. <clears throat> and I'm just going to read again those the list. Uh, of the fruit of the Spirit, because I think it's worth reminding ourselves the fruit that uh, the Spirit is wanting to grow in us day by day. So let's just dwell on that a little bit more before we move on. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So this has been talking to us and helping us to think a little bit about the way God takes the time in our restoration, in our transformation, as we allow the Spirit to work in our lives. And he moulds us that little bit more like Jesus day by day as we allow him to. 
but we do need to let God do that work in us. It is up to us at the end if we let him or not. He still says you can do it, or he gives us a choice to move away. And so we have the choice to come to him today and say, come and shape me and mould me more in the likeness of Christ. And one way we can do that is to be honest with him and honest with ourselves in confession. Because we, as we freely admit that we've gone our own way, God lovingly beckons us back onto the right path and leads us on. So we're going to say a prayer, a confession now. Know that our Father loves us, that he hears us. He hears the cry of our hearts. So hopefully there'll be on the screen a prayer of confession. Uh, we won't rush through it. We'll just <clears throat> read it through slowly. And as we do that, let's be open to the Spirit working in us and bringing about the transformation that he so wants to see in us. So let's say together. We struggle to manifest the fruits of the Spirit, but often find ourselves bound by works of the flesh. We know the whole law is summed up in the single commandment to love our neighbour as ourselves. Yet, we create fences around ourselves to keep neighbours outside and tell ourselves we have no responsibility. Even our, in our own backyard, we bite and devour one another. We wish it were different. When Jesus calls us to follow him, we find every excuse to finish something more important first. Yet we yearn to be more centred on you. So let's just have some time again in the quiet to make that our own prayer before we move on. And there'll be some more words to say together as we ask God to help us. And so we say together, despite our resistance, we can be assured that God's strong arm redeems his people. God calls us back to God's realm and encourages us with a love we can never lose, no matter how hard we push back, no matter how often we forget, no matter how far we stray. We need but ask, and we are forgiven. 
thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. Amen. Amen. And so let's sing again. Let's sing now as God's restores, forgiven, and people who are being transformed people. And we're going to sing, Here is love, vast as the ocean, which reminds us that Jesus shed his blood that we might live. Here is love, vast as the ocean. Oh! 
And so we're going to be led in prayer now by Sarah. So, Sarah, do lead us now in our intercessions. <clears throat> Father, we are thankful that we can call you our Father. And Lord, our hearts are thrilled to sing that hymn that you kissed a guilty world in love and that you have come to each one of us and um, woken us from our sin and uh, slumber, Lord, to know you. You are our steadfast God, our rock, our very present help in trouble, our redeemer and our salvation. And all the way through the Bible, we discover more of your love and plans for your people. Thank you, Father. Now, at this time, we bring you our needs and the needs of the world, knowing that you hold the whole world in your hands and that you stay the power of the evil one. We are confident that even coronavirus can be used for your purposes. Lord, this week has been momentous in many ways. We pray for the United States who have experienced such trauma this week. We pray for those families and all who've been affected by the murder of George Floyd. We pray that you will bring comfort and peace to the bereaved. And we pray that you will bring real and lasting change, which can only happen with a move of your Holy Spirit. Bless all the Christians in the government there. Enable them to be bold and to speak the truth in love. And in turn, we pray for our own government. We continue to pray for wisdom and leadership as they seek to lead us in the right way in these mysterious times. We pray for your anointing upon our Prime Minister and all the Cabinet and all other political parties across the UK. And Father, I do pray that you would restore the unity that we experienced at the beginning of this pandemic. We pray that you will restore a joint sense of purpose amongst the leaders. Lord, there are so many pockets of unrest across the UK at this time and we bring them before you. Father, be with all our church leaders throughout the country. We thank you for the teaching um, and resources that are available to us just now and how they build our faith in you. Lord, we pray for our own church situation. We want to live, as the psalmist told us in Psalm 52, I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever. I will trust in your name. Father, thank you for giving us this mandate to thrive in the house of God. We thank you for all the initiatives that are happening just now. Coffee in the living room, telephone calls, flower deliveries, videos with the children and young people, listening ear, and others, and all the phone calls with pastoral care. Father, these are evidences of thriving in your church, and we pray that we will continue to anoint these ventures and bring glory to your name. Father, we also pray for ourselves as a church family, and especially for those who are isolated in lockdown, those who are burdened with concerns and worries for families and friends and other issues when life has become so different. Father, you are near to the brokenhearted and oppressed, and we pray that all of us will find comfort in you today. 
Father, please remind us all of our neighbours and friends within the church and without. And as we feed upon your great mercy, use us, Lord, to reflect the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for the prayers. And it's wonderful to pray together, isn't it? Even if we're all scattered, God hears us, of course, as we pray. So let's uh, join in and say the words of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, we've already reached our final song, nearly the end of the service. But as I was preparing this service yesterday, I felt God saying something to me. And he, well, I felt he was saying to me, don't be afraid. I am bigger than this pandemic. I'm bigger than this crisis. What I want you, my people, to do is to sing my praise and to shout for joy to the Lord. So let's do that now in this song. I'm not sure if you know this one. Um, it's one of my favourites. It's These Are the Days of Elijah. It's a, an amazing song. It's quite a prophetic song. And uh, it encourages us to lift up his name in these difficult times, to shout and sing for joy to the Lord. So. Let's have our final song. These are the days of Elijah.
Zion's hill, salvation comes. There is no God like Jehovah. He is our God. He is sovereign. He is majestic. He is mighty. We're nearly at the end of our time together this morning. In a moment, I'm going to say a prayer of blessing over you all, over us all. But I'd just like to say that, as I normally say, if you are listening for the first time this morning, I'd imagine on the internet over the website. You are especially welcome. Uh, we'll be here at the same time next Sunday. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you by email. I'd especially like to know uh, if you come to join our service for the first time today, uh, whether there's any way we can help you further on your spiritual journey in these unusual times. Just drop me an email to vicar at basinhillchurch.org 
and I will respond to you. So a blessing. So now we leave this space of worship. And while so much of the road ahead is uncertain, the path constantly changing. We know some, th some things that are as solid and sure as the ground beneath our feet and the sky above our heads. We know God is love. We know Christ's light endures. We know the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counsellor is with us. Found in the space between all things. Closer to us than our next breath. Binding us to each other until we meet again. So, go from here to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.